0: All right, I want to welcome you to the meeting tonight, or to this afternoon. This is the last round, round four of four, for the Church Revitalization Boot Camp. And if you were thinking this was another meeting, then uh, sorry about that. But we do have translation for those of you who would like Spanish translation. See my pastor friend in the back there in the green shirt. He'll, he'll help you out with Spanish translation. Translator is en route. Is right. in root. Well, I, I mean, I'm I'm I, I'm speaking in faith. Yeah. If you're interested to have the Wi-Fi, I have information for you. Uh, okay. So I'm going to give it to you. You go to to click on Hilton's Hilton Honors Meeting. You go to Wi-Fi on your phone, then you go to Hilton Honors Meeting, and then you're going to type this promotional code again. Hilton Honors Meeting. And this promotional code, Lex, that's L-E-X-D-T, Lex DT Standard, Lex DT Standard. And if you forget what I just said, I'm just going to place it right here. Feel free to get it anytime. Okay, so I would like to introduce to you all three of the speakers who will be coming in succession today. They're going to be speaking for about 18, 20 minutes each, and we're talking about natural church development today, which is a focus on church health, and we're first going to have uh, Pastor Buster Swoops, who is Associate Professor, Uh, Assistant assistant Professor at Southwestern Adventist University, a pastor as well, of course, and he's going to be talking uh, about uh, NCD, about getting started with the basics of NCD, kind of giving an overview And then we're going to go to uh, my my good friend, Yaakov, who is in Ontario Conference, the executive secretary there, church health expert himself. And he's going to be talking about how to administer the NCD. And then thirdly, another good friend of mine, Tom Evans, who was actually the first one to interview me for a job in pastoral ministry. Um, (laughs) and, and, And he's going to be talking about how to interpret and how to implement natural church development. After you get the results, what do you do with it? Um, so we're going to do all of those. So we're going to have time for questions after all three have presented. And so uh, thank you for saving this question to the end. And, but we do like to ask God's blessing as we start. Let's pray. Hey, Father in heaven, we rejoice with you because we, we know that you're the one who brings blessings to us. You bring blessings to churches And we know that healthy Christians are growing Christians, and healthy churches are growing churches. And this meeting is talking about how to get there, how to have healthy churches, what does the pathway look like? And so as we talk about this, we're asking for your Holy Spirit to give us discernment, give us understanding, help us to become better tools equipped for this purpose, to grow disciples, to grow churches, so that uh, we can continue to, as uh, uh, Elder Bryant said, to depopulate hell. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Uh, good afternoon,
1: everyone. going to get started right away, and I'll be taking it from the standpoint of what it actually looks like implemented in a church. This is the Crowley of the Adventist Church I'll be talking about before we begin there. Let's talk about the need of evaluation. When your church focuses primarily on survival, uh, education, uh, evaluation gets pushed aside. Evaluation and debriefing create a culture of excellence because ministry quality gets the attention it deserves. This is from uh, Aubrey Malfurst. And so we need a tool that's going to help us evaluate. And listen here, this is not, the reason why I love NCD is because it's not all-encompassing. As a pastor, I I sometimes can't stand the all-encompassing programs that come in where you have to stop everything you've been doing in your church, and now you have to all of a sudden do this program. This is not that. This is to evaluate what you already have going and how to improve upon that. Um, Continuing on, let's talk about the guessing game. There are spiritual tools that we can use to see if our churches are healthy and ready to grow. Rather than guessing, utilize real and accurate data. And this is what the natural church development does. So now let's look at the eight quality characteristics of a healthy church. By the way, I'm talking really fast because I have basically less than a minute for each slide because we'll make sure that uh, Yaakov and Tom have enough time. So we're just gonna, I'm gonna put all these up here so those of you who wanna take a picture, you can take a picture. I think we can make this available later as well. Uh, But these are the eight quality quality characteristics. Effective structures, where the mission and vision of the church are effectively transmitted to all aspects of church life. Empowering leadership, intentionally developing leaders who lead others to lead others, right? Uh, Gift-oriented ministry, properly finding, equipping, training, and affirming members to be active in ministry, holistic small groups. So these are uh, things that this assessment is actually looking at, seeing how well your church handles these, carries these out. Uh, The last four, put these all up here. Inspiring worship, active participants in the worship service, leave church service connected with God, rejuvenated, challenged, and joyfully anticipating next week's services. That's all of our churches already, amen. All right. Uh, Loving relationships, Genuine concern and care about the physical, spiritual, and emotional well-being of other members and visitors. That means that people come into your church and they can experience these loving relationships. Uh, Need-oriented evangelism, church members uh, individually and collectively minister to the community in productive ways and passionate spirituality. Leaders and members have a vibrant and daily relationship with Jesus that is transformational, right? And so these are the characteristics. And now I wanna share with you what it looked like actually at a church. This is the Crowley Seventh-day Adventist Church in Crowley, Texas. I was the pastor there from 2015 to 2018. Uh, and then I transitioned to be an elder uh, this, this last year. I, I, took a, I took a year away. One of my best friends is the pastor there. Uh, I took a year away. He begged me to come back. My family begged me to come back. My children, we actually went to another church. They said, we love our church. We want to go back to our other church. And so we actually are members once again there. Uh, so, I want to show, share with you the reason why we came back. These are the characteristics of where, where we scored as a church. Uh, this is the empowering leadership, gift-based ministry. Our highest uh, uh, characteristic was need-oriented evangelism. We loved evangelism. It's not just the PowerPoints. There were Bible studies that would be given out. There was a ministry to our young people, our VBS, everything else. Uh, the first thing on our agenda is evangelism. Uh, So it's very clear there. Um, But you can see what our lowest factor is there, and that is holistic small groups. So we're going to talk about that here in just a second, but let's look at at the current 10 highest questions, right? So these are examples of questions that are going to be asked on this assessment. Uh, We encourage new Christians in our church to get involved in evangelism immediately. That was 85. Uh, So people said we're we're looking to plug people in immediately. Uh, Let's look at here... Uh, this one right here, I believe it's uh, 79, the one that has a, the, the third 79 on there. I'm often bored during the worship service, right? Now this is, it says negative there, so it meant it's it flipped around, so that 79 is actually a good thing, right? So they're not actually bored. It's saying that they're not bored, all right? So uh, I think, Tom, you're gonna cover that a little bit more, right? All right. So let's here a look at the current lowest. Um, and and what, this, what these dots are saying at We've taken this survey several times, and so it's showing that we've improved every time. So I believe the larger blue dot is uh, uh, two years prior, and this yellow one is, anyways, these are previous years, but this is where we currently are. The leaders of our ministries, of our church, meet regularly for planning, and they're saying we don't meet regularly, right? Uh, continue on, you're, you're gonna see a little bit more what this all means. So. This assessment was taken uh, first by Ray, Christians, uh, Ray Christensen in 2009. And you can see there in 2009, there was a 45 that scored on holistic small groups, and then the maximum factor was actually 72. And then in 2013, uh, the church took it again under the same pastor, and they had a 50 in inspiring worship service was their minimum factor, and a 76. So that means that their holistic small groups actually grew higher than their inspiring worship service. And then when I came, uh, you can see here, inspiring worship service was no longer our minimum factor. Our minimum factor now was 65, and our maximum factor was need-oriented evangelism. It was always need-oriented evangelism, right? Uh, We grew stronger in it. If you don't hear anything else, hear this. Focus in on your minimum factor. Figure out some things with the committee to, 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 to do with this and you'll see that the rest of your characteristics or your rest of your factors actually go up as well, right? So this is not a one-time tell-all where you take this, oh guys, we got a 65, we're, we're doing we're doing okay, and then you leave it alone. The first one doesn't even, okay, I wouldn't say it doesn't matter, but what you what you really wanna focus on is your second time that you take this assessment, and then the third time, you actually wanna see it. Uh, they took it again recently, I should've put it up here in, two, in 2020, and it's still at a 74 is their average still. Uh, but the min-max is a little, just a little bit different. Going uh, forward here, you can see here uh, how we grew, right? So inspiring worship service it uh, grew by 24 points, even though it was our lowest factor before. Now it's, uh, it's one of our highest factors, right? Uh, every single one of our factors, there's growth in those because we focused in on the lowest factor Which was holistic small, which was actually inspiring worship service. There's a survey that was created. Uh, We worked on it, we tweaked it, we got input from everyone, and then we actually implemented. And as a result of that, all of our factors grew. And you can see here uh, exactly what's happening. That was the current. You can see here the blue is the profile three. And as we move forward, let's look at this. This is charting the attendance, right? So five years ago, it was at 43, uh, 43 in attendance. 77, uh, 18 three years ago, 130, 190, and it's not actually at zero. (laughs) Uh, Pre-COVID, it actually got up to about 260 in attendance. There was about three to four uh, overflow rooms. You're gonna see here just a little bit more. um, Pictures actually show this. So you can see here the church from when I was there uh, grew from 118 in attendance to 245 in attendance in two years, right? Uh, Intentionally planted three successful churches out of this church, one of those is the White Settlement Church. This is uh, led by our volunteer lay pastor, still growing and thriving, the Benbrook Seventh-day Adventist Church, as well as there's a Spanish church that is actually on the other side now. You'll see why that is. Because we built a 1,200-seating capacity gym to hold new service uh, in debt-free. We actually held ASI in there uh, about, I, mean, I guess it was about six months ago. It did wonderfully. Uh, tithe increased by over 200%. Tripled adventurers from 20 to 60 in three years. And by the way, NCD wasn't the only reason, but it gave us a target to look at and data to actually go off of, okay? Uh, average 14 baptisms a year. And that's, a, that's a, an, an average of that. So let's see, look here. Uh, one of the things we did, uh, formed a creative ministry team, approved by the board, seven people, kept our mission in mind, growing in Christ, serving the family, loving our community. And then what we did, determined by a primary focus group, worked on minimum factor uh, small groups growth groups semester system, right? So continuing on, this is the old sanctuary that we were in. You can see there, a couple of people are sleeping because I'm preaching, no. <laughs> uh, and then this is actually the new gymnasium that was built and this is the inauguration of, of that. And that was a little bit while after COVID. Now we have a regular attendance on that side of anywhere between 200 to 260, on the other side on the Spanish side, we have another 100 to 120 that are attending, right? Uh, Pretty cool to see that. Uh, This is the uh, ribbon cutting ceremony, and I call this the greatest evangelist in the church. They recently just stepped down from teaching the New Believers class. Uh, Just things that were happening, right? This is Adventurers in 2017, and then Adventurers in 2019, right? So you can just see the obvious growth there still, Last time I checked with uh, Jonathan Knoll, who's our leader there there in the middle, there is 78 adventurers in the church. Uh, pathfinders just grew because adventurers moved up, and now there's about 28 uh, pathfinders there in this church, right? So uh, these things are continuing to work. Uh, these are just some tidbits I put up here uh, before I make sure I give Tom and Yakov their time. Remember, this is a spiritual process. Only God's power can revitalize the church. The NCD is an Implemental Assessment, not a Test. Uh, this is to show the current state of the church, so complete honesty is necessary. No coaching the people to say, or hey, remember this. No, no, just hand it out, let them have it. Yaakov's gonna take care of that. Uh, this is a Journey, not a one-time stop. Annual doctor checkup, all right? This is what we're looking at. Uh, embrace and grow from the results. Don't be so disappointed you saying, oh man, we failed. No, this is not a past all right? When you get the results back, focus only on the minimum factor. Every church has done this, uh, has done something concerning its minimum factor, has seen improvement. Rodney Mills has great research on this. His doctoral, uh, his doc- doctoral assessment was on this. And make sure a representative committee will process the results, right? So pastor needs to be a part of that. Last two things, this will be a unifying experience, and take your own medicine. Uh, moving forward here, this is just about COVID. Um, We'll never be pre-COVID again, right? Uh, Every church will have to go through a micro or macro revitalization due to COVID-19. This is a great chance to implement some of these things. Stop focusing on post-COVID, and let's focus on intra-COVID because Emmanuel, God is with us, amen? Amen. All right, so this is the final challenge for us personally. Empower others. Be effective in all that you do. Excellent. Uh, Prayerfully set goals for your ministry. Gather with or lead a small group. Seek inspiration in your worship service. Intentionally show love towards others, live out Christ's method in meeting needs, and passionately pursue Jesus. And with that being said, yes? So, I you a oh, I do. Yes. You know, yeah. So the reason why I had the very first scene up uh, is of a boy staring at a fish tank. Oftentimes we love to do evangelism, but what sense does it do to plant plants or to put fish in a toxic tank? Uh, growing up, uh, we had a goldfish tank, and lo and behold, one day we came home, and the goldfish had these red dots on them. And we were saying, what's, what's wrong with them, right? And we had just bought these fish, and we realized the pH was out of balance, right? So we took some of the water, did some testing, went to Petco, whatever you might, might have you, and they told us, these are some things that you need to put in the water so that it can actually cultivate life. And our churches, some of our churches, let's be honest, they're toxic, And they need some health to them. And so therefore, we need to do some things to actually create an environment to where not only do we catch fish, but aren't you tired of hearing the word former Adventist? I'm so tired of hearing that terminology or meeting people that are former Adventists because our churches were too toxic in order to keep them. The NCD is a tool that will lead to health, that will cultivate an environment to where not only do they come in, but they will stay. So utilize this, work on it, and I promise you, you will see the results that come, uh, come about as a result. And listen here, maybe it's not so drastic, maybe it's not so fast, but every church that I know of that has done this, that has actually done something with a minimum factor, the church has improved in its health. So with that being said, I'm
0: going to turn things over to
1: Yako. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much, Pastor Swoops. While we're switching that, I just want to um, let you know I have two gift cards here. Amazon gift cards, and I'm going to do one while we're switching now, and if you can tell me one thing that you heard Pastor Swoop share that you're thinking already that you want to go back home and implement, then you tell me right now, then I got a gift card. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right, Good, good, good one, Stuart, nice, all right, okay, I got one more coming a little bit later, all right? So make sure you listen well, i mean, be thinking, processing.
2: Thank you, Brad, thank you very much. Uh, Brad, Cawley, he's an expert in church revitalization. He also uh, is author of a manual, How to Revitalize Your Church. So if you want to get, uh, look for him on Amazon, right? Amazon.com, oh, the, bookstore? Yeah. the Amazon. bookstore has it as well. Okay, Pastor, thank you very much. This was a great presentation. So we have a few minutes to move on now. Um, those of you who would like to have some information uh, from my PowerPoint presentation, feel free to email me and I will be happy to share with you. I'm going to go through my slides quite quickly. And if you have some questions, you can always approach me later. So this is my, f- okay, I-, I will have slides at the end. Is that okay? Okay, this is my family, my wife and our daughter. And the reason why they are there, because in our family, they are the ones always checking me. When was the last time you went to your physician, right? How about you? So we have people in our family, in our churches, but especially in our families, we're always asking, when was the last time you did your your medical? So and that's not always easy, right? And I, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to call and, and book my appointment. It's not easy. Why is it not easy to get ourselves to do a checkup? What do you think? You fear, something wrong. You fear something's wrong. Okay, what else? You only go when you're an emergency. <laughs> it's an emergency, okay? So, uh, the cost, okay, here in Canada, for us, it's because I know at the end they're going to find out something, and I have had to change something, right? I have to change my diet, right, Dave? No more fridge at midnight, so we need to think about things to change. So. There is resistance to change, definitely, and not just in our private life, that's, that's with the church, too, because the church is organism, living organism. So how to limit the resistance before we share how to administer and survey, the, mo- the most effective way, I'd just like to, to address this. I believe we need to model change. Before you get your church to change or to do something, why don't you try? Amen. Try something, change something, change something in your life. See how is that hard. And then you will be able really to understand your church. Why is this so slow? Why is this not happening just overnight? You know, try to develop a new habit first before you engage into, into, into this culture change in your church. Uh, this is biblical. John was praying for his church. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as you, your soul, prosper. So we need to manage our, our first, our spiritual health and as well physical health so because why a healthy church is composed of healthy members of men and women who have a personal experience in true godliness but first we need to model that if you want our members to do it you know peter he was telling us what do we need in order to be healthy christians right there are eight steps if you can see eight characteristics of healthy christian leader and there is something verse 8 says for if you possess these qualities how in increasing measure They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. So what NCD is doing, NCD recognized these eight qualities in the church. Peter has them in our life, but NCD discovered them through research into our church. What are these eight qualities? And if you possess them in increasing measures, so it has to always be above 50, Tom is going to tell us more about that, then we know that our church will not be any more ineffective. So that's where the... This NCD theology idea comes with biblical. The next thing, if you want to to limit resistance, you need to assume role as a leader. Our first role as a leader, as Max Dupree says, the first job of a leader is to define reality. How How are you going to define your reality? Are you just going to observe it? Yes, you can find some things, but you want something that's measurable. And that's why, uh, uh, so listen to this. Every pastor of a church must be a culture architect. I love this. How about the change agent will have to make the present present state significantly uncomfortable before telling the church the truth. So you really need to be the one to create the tension. How are you going to do it? Are you just going to come and tell them? No, it doesn't work like that. Try. I tried. It doesn't work. Maybe a few people are listening, but who are you to tell us? Yeah, yeah. But if you use something that is very objective approach, all involved, and then they are telling themselves what it is, where they are, you need to tell them. Uh, let me k- give you the secret. Usually, every good pastor, when you observe the church, and you look now at the end and see the results, you agree to it. Yep. Right? Yeah. Tom, you can tell, you're expert in that. So that's that's what it is. So don't be afraid that, that NCD is going to discover something new. No, it's just going to help you so everybody else will see what you see. Yes. And that's benefit. That's benefit for this too. It's my church. So we need to ask these questions because sometimes the members feel this is and we are not that, right? So even sometimes our pastors, most of our churches are like this. They're not functional, so how are we going to get there? The the, the holy wind pushed the church. How are we going to get there? We need to remove obstacles. So that's why we need really, sometimes we need to find ways how to overcome obstacles or how to remove the obstacles. So how are you going to do it? We believe that this tool is the one. The major reason so many churches are plateaued or in decline is that they, they have either lost the vision or adopt the wrong vision. And so they can help you to align even your vision. Look at this one. I love this proverb. Vision, okay, I can send my slides to you at the end. No problem. So just because of time. <laughs> so vision without action is a dream. Action without vision is a nightmare. I adopted this 15 years ago in my ministry, and it helped me a lot. We need to dream, but also we need to act. If you do only one, you're, not, you're going to fail. Uh, a position does not define a pastor as a leader but his actions. Um, and I love this quote, I, I got it from you, Tom. Remember this quote, put intelligence into your work and seek to bring the church into good and healthy condition. The LNGY spirit of prophecy is telling us, put intelligence into work. So what we are proposing today is that we need to approach to have a intelligent way in bringing our church to healthy condition. This is to use a measurable tool. So select the best method to find the reality. And we are offering, so each of us, we do have cycle. If you don't have, you have to establish a cycle. When you're going to assess your church and then do the vision process, and then to strategize, and then to implement. And then again, you need to come back, right, and now evaluate Mm -hmm. what what, what you have done. You do a second survey, third survey, Uh, okay. We, are talk- we already talked about NCD as one of the great tools available to us, and it's based on eight quality characteristics. Um, we already covered that. Uh, so we're going to move on. And it based on minimum factor, Tom is going to touch base. But this is what, what Buster really finished with us here. The survey itself, it's not a remedy. It will just tell you where you are. You have to do something with it. That's where Tom's come in later on. He's going to tell us. If you just decide to do the survey and just survey, don't do it. I beg you, don't do it. Let me tell you why. If you engage your church in eight steps, I'm going to share now eight steps how to do, conduct the survey. The entire church is going to be on fire. You're going to get the best people. Yes, we want to do it. Let's do it. Expectation will go high. And then if you don't share results with them, huh? you're going to go lower than you been right now. So don't do it or do it or don't do it. Do it the right way or don't do it at all. Because if you engage your church in this, definitely you'll see change. Yes. I did recently my research, my doctor's dissertation, and uh, within the six months, the change is going to be be visible and measurable. If you do the right way, okay. This is the survey. It has many different languages. So uh, in Spanish and English by default, you have them available. I have forms in different surveys. The first survey has around 90 questions uh, to answer. So in order for you to to do it effectively, eight steps. First step, find the purpose. You make sure that you know the purpose why you are doing. You want to understand why I am doing this. I am doing this because this is going to help me and my church to see where we are and how, what, where to acknowledge rem- obstacles and to remove them. So you need to know the purpose, find the purpose, and then next thing you need to understand what you're doing. It's very important. Understand what you're doing, and then you need to and then to know how you're doing, and then you need to cast a vision. In casting your vision, make sure that you're always transparent. Make sure that you always that you are informed and you make sure your leaders are informed. Make sure that this is a speedy, a quick thing. Don't do NCD survey for two months, or three months, or six months. What we like doing, what I like doing, I go into church on Sabbath morning, I preach the sermon, introduce them to NCD, and then we have already prepared everything else. We do the survey in the, uh, during the lunch time. I produce report during the lunch time, At three o'clock I'm meeting with the church board and then, and then by 6 o'clock, 5, 6 o'clock, the church is back, and I'm showing results. One day. I know you did it that many, many times, right? But, but you know what? I'm telling you, that's the most effective. I'm not telling you to do it. You need to be a very good expert in this to know how to do it. That's why you need, you need to be organized. Make it simple. Don't make it a big philosophical thing. Don't make it this to be a paradigm change or something. Make it simple. Humble. And then be positive. Make sure this process is positive. Tom will help us to make sure how to make this process positive and pray. Pray, pray, pray. And then the next step is contact. If you want to do it now, you 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 get some understanding about NCD. Contact your conference church go director. He is going to direct you to see some of your conferences already have certain uh, um, process in how to do NCD. If your conference does not have that, then you want to maybe approach North American Division Institute for Evangelism, uh, call Andrea. She, she, will be go, she will be happy to help you, because they do also provide assistance to our churches and pastors. They will send you a package, and they will connect you. They will give you instructions. There is a fee involved. In our conference, we give 50% to churches if they want to be involved. For declining churches, we do for free. So, so, so we want to really uh, help them to do it. Now, if if this does not work for you, you can go to Peter Sincala, he is uh, Executive Director for North America Division, so so in in North America for uh, NCD, NCD International, sorry? I know, but that's the one on the Andrews (laughs) website. (laughs) Yes, Peter is around, but you can contact him, he also can help you. So they're multi-level, you can be helped by your conference. I'm inviting you, always reach out to your conference because in order to do properly, you need to have a coach. Coach is going to help you to make it very simple, trust me. Or if you don't have coach, uh, find a pastor who already did it, so you want to have somebody to assist in this process. In Canada, if there's somebody from Canada, we do have also a team in Canada that can help uh, to, to, to lead in this process. So next thing is secure church board support. As I mentioned, be transparent. Your church board will need to be involved. Not only because, because there is an expense volume, right? But you also want, want them to approve your, what you're doing. Okay, and uh, the next thing is select implementation team. You want to make sure the implementation team uh, are, are those who are spiritually mature, strategic thinkers, uh, they see big picture and committed the church becoming a healthier. This is going to be our coalition in this process. This is the team that's going to and introduce this team. Let the board approve it. Introduce to a church. Let the church knows that there's a group of people and let them pray for them as they study the results. And then you need to select 30 members uh, to do the survey. Make sure that these members are active, they're committed members in regular standing. Uh, majority, that's my subjective view on NCD, selecting the members. I do believe it needs to be majority non-leaders. Let me tell you why. There are questions in the survey about leaders. And uh, if you select only leaders, and they're going to basically, when, when they ask answer question leader, they're going to uh, answer question about you or your elder. If you put, if you, if you have these assistant to the leaders, Assistant or some members who are active but not necessarily leading, they will at that point answer and they will re- respond to their minister leader, uh, ministry leader, ministry uh, leader uh, characteristics, or they will they will uh, respond questions about him, or her. So reflect, make sure that the group of 30 reflects your demographics, gender, age, ethnicity. Uh, that's very important, and do it together. Sometimes, some pastors, uh, this surveys this are available paper-based or online. So for both, I like to bring them all together. Those who like to do online, bring your laptops, your, your smartphones, whatever together. We'll, we sit in one room and we give some instructions and then we are there and we do one time. If you give them just the paper-based to take home or you send email for them to do home, you're going to wait for months. Sometimes even more than more than a month, they never come back. Never come back. You need to bag them. It is not going to be a very effective experience. It's not going to be a quick experience. You're going to go after them, and some of them will feel bad because they don't have time to do it. You arrange for them their time to do it, on your terms. Okay, and and then why is so? It's available online and is available paper based. Yes, and do it together. The thing is, what you want to explain to them. Let me ask you a question. What is the definition of a small group? How would you define a small group? Okay, anybody else? A small group is a little bit small. (laughs) So sometimes we think, oh, do I have a small group in my church? Do you have a Sabbath school class? Do you have a board meeting? Do you have a prayer meeting? Do you have a choir practice? So any small group is small in your church. Sorry? Do you have a foyer? foyer? okay. So okay. All groups all the foyer. Exactly. So so uh, the people that share the same interests are together. They're different different they're different type of small groups, but here for survey, you want members. So you want to give that explanation. So what is a small group? Help them to remind that they have small group experience, okay? That's define what is small group for them. And then for example, leader, who is a leader? Leader is not just a pastor or an elder. Any minister leader in the church is a leader. So if you give these two explanations, you know that they will respond to the survey effectively. I found out in my practice that if you give this explanation, really, you're going to benefit the most. Uh, I'm going to end here. Just remind, be reminded that this survey is just a thermometer. It's not a remedy. But what you need is what is coming next, how to process the survey. Remember, it has to be positive, positive, very positive experience. I will stop here. Tom, you can come.
0: Pastor Yaakov, if you just come up here as well. And so, and we'll have questions. Um, And, oh, oh, real quick, uh, Yaakov uh, has his business cards there by the microwave. So if you want to hit. So you can get his email there. Uh, Don't call him on the phone just uh, because you maybe get a little charged calling to Canada. But if you want to email him, it may be free. Okay, so we have uh, three presenters and I'm going to repeat the question. I'm going to hand the mic to whom you're addressing the question to. So first question, Stuart, you got a question? Go ahead. I see you're reaching your hand out, Buster. Okay, so the question, I'm going to repeat the question for the audio recording. The question is, what is the lowest number of people that can take the survey? Because some churches don't have 30 people. So, Buster, I'm going to swing to you. Yeah, so if you have 14 people in your church and all 14 people
1: take it, you have 100% accurate results. And so have as many people to take it. If you have 27, give it to all 27 people that are there. Um, So you'll just have... Huh? Or five, or whatever it might be, or six, right? So uh, just give it uh, as as many people you have in a congregation. You'll have it. There's there's no arguing after that, right? They're like, I didn't get to take. Everyone took. I had a chance to take it, and you move forward from there.
0: Excellent question, uh, first Melvin. Question would be, uh, where to get the slides? Where to get the slides of the presenters? Right. Okay. So so you so you know how you can get Yaakov's slides. You just email him. Uh Pastor Tom, do you have some business cards? Yeah,
1: okay. Uh yeah. <laughs> I and <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll I'll email Jakob as well. So you can <laughs> oh, <okay>. so <laughs> <laughs> we don't have Jakob. I'll get a picture of Jakob's okay.
0: yeah. later, but I But but you got his business card right there. Oh, oh okay, Yeah, okay. it's got his email there. My, my main question is yeah. the what is the timeline in terms of getting a church into LV? Well pretty much it depends on each church. Okay. Pastor Tom, the, the, the timeline of how to get a church from being unhealthy to healthy.
3: That's a great question. It's a mystery. No. <laughs> um, you know, the, the reality is NCD helps us to be as intentional as we possibly can be, which shortens the timeline. But we've seen turnaround very much within the six to 12-month time frame. You can already begin to see evidences of health. We had quite a turnaround. I think we went from a 47 to a 59 in 16 months, something like that. But I've seen it even more rapid than that. Um, so for example, where you have Buster, one thing he didn't show there is he is a powerhouse in, power, in um, inspiring worship service. So the shoot up from the previous survey in that category was just like, so in those areas you're naturally strong in, that turnaround can be much more rapid. It's those areas that stretch us as well, where we need to really make sure that we're moving those areas along too. And so it's just a matter of how intentional we are. But six to 12 months is reasonable.
2: Yeah. I can just uh, say for your church health to improve, I think six months it is, uh, but if you want your culture to change, you need more than six months. You need sometimes a year and more than a year, up to two years. To two I've years seen that, years. yes, I, just be uh, realistic on that. But if you really do the process the right way and involve all the church and the implementation team address the minimum lowest court questions I mean, in factor within six months, your church will see improvement. Another excellent question. Now,
0: question in the back. Yes, uh, I have two questions. One for the first one is, do you have that assessment in Spanish? The answer is yes. Uh, second question.
2: right uh, very very good question and observation when it comes to uh, you're not alone so uh, but you need to really learn how to lead in from a second chair basically you need to really uh, have conversation with your lead pastor and when it comes to your members to complete the survey that's the easy result uh, solution we had a church where there was similar issue the members didn't understand well the, so we just have like this do it together we had one person reading every question, and then we had each one responding, without commenting, just to understand the question. And we done it like that. It took us longer, maybe an hour, instead of 35 minutes, but we did it. When it comes to the first part of your question, how to get the culture that the leadership team to do it, I believe you need to really be honest, transparent with your lead pastor and try to talk, okay? And get conference involved, you know? Try to get some assistance from a conference too.
0: I should have repeated that the question. The question was, "Hey, I'm an associate pastor, and I have members in our church that are from many different backgrounds. Some maybe not as educated as others. And how? What do I do about this? If I believe in this, that was the, the question, oh, Pastor Tom. I'll also repeat that it's in Spanish. Oh, okay. yeah, yes, yes, in, in, in a Latin American uh, uh, context. Thank you.
3: I think sometimes we don't know how healthy or unhealthy our church is unless we do a survey. Um, many of our Spanish churches do much better on holistic small groups than the English-speaking churches. They, because of that community, they may do better in loving relationships. I remember a Brazilian church that scored an 86 or an 89, I think it was an 89 in loving relationships, and they had a banker that just showed up that didn't even speak Portuguese, and he showed up to their church. He said, they're so nice when they come through the drive-thru, and they're good-looking, too, but uh, in any case, we don't know unless we, we actually take the survey, so there may be some things that are actually functioning even better than you think. And some people are surprised by the results, sometimes it's a little lower than you think, but I have come across situations where while we're doing better than we thought, and that can be very affirming to a congregation as well. But the, the, again, the, the, the purpose is to be intentional in what we're doing, that's really the purpose.
0: Another thing is you can actually go to a person. Hey, just raise your hand if you don't know what the question is saying and just explain the question one-on-one. So you can do it as a group for everybody all together at the same time, or you can, hey, go to, if you have a question, just raise your hand. I'll come by. Okay, so I'm not sure whose hand was first. Okay, all right, so we'll go with Joe Peretti here. Go ahead, Pastor. Uh, similar to the question I was asked before, how would a small church like-
3: give or take some weeks are a little bit higher. How fast or in my in my mind, how slow will it be to make the
0: transition when you have either such a small number or whatever Okay, so if you have a small church that has about twenty-two coming, how long would it take to transition to become a healthier church from being unhealthy? Well uh once
1: again the six to six to twelve months I still believe is accurate. I I recently Sometimes even quicker. Sorry, guys, but uh, recently I, I helped administer uh, 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 the NCD to a church, and there was a very unhealthy group there that was had the church by by its neck. And after the results came out, they fought tooth and nail, and they decided to split off. And immediately the church became healthier. I'm going to administer another exam <laughs> with uh, I mean, uh, administer another assessment to them, and I I tell them uh, immediately. I they saw the health improve, uh, effective structures, and everything else. And there's also a pastoral uh, change and so within three or four months they got they got healthier right uh, so it can happen
0: yes yes surgery it can be overnight so yes. there you go
2: I just wanted to say that uh, uh, you need to find a coach you need, you need, you need to find a coach uh, when you de- when you get your results because at that time uh, we didn't have time to talk about that if you if you score there is also your uh, your uh, Every score, if your score is below 35 or 15 even, which we had in Ontario Conference, 15, so we decided to go and do intervention. We go there, we call for a business meeting, and we said, okay, where is the problem? And we invite church to kneel down, we pray, and I give them post-it notes. I said, write, write and post-it notes. What do you see where is the problem? So uh, this is risky, but that's why you need a coach to do that. I would never recommend you to do it if you're doing first time. Mm -hmm. You need to have... Yes. Yes. So it's it has to be below even fifteen. So you don't want to do intervention. By that point we had a situation that one lady, you know, wrote down and she said, Listen, I believe I am the reason. I'm angry. I lost a child. He was twenty-one. I am angry at God and I'm criticizing everybody in this church. It was amazing, but God came through. Immediately the church was healed. So, so you don't underestimate, some of, these, some of these can really, this survey can engage your church in meaningful conversation. But that's why you need a coach to study this, the results, you know your church, and then to find the best approach. That's the key. That's, that's so yes, it can happen even immediately. I, what I observed, as soon as the result, as soon as they, they see the results, and they identify, oh, this is our minimum score question, the church is immediately already improving. Immediately, you don't need six months. So yes, so it's going to be even immediately so, uh, so was
0: that right after the prayer time?
2: Yes, usually we never. I never, I never give post-it notes out before we pray. I ask us to kneel down. Uh, I want to create a spiritual, high spiritual moment. Always make a break, and I share high spiritual moment. I invite them now. I challenge them now. It's your time. The Holy Spirit wants to be involved. Are you willing? Are you willing to allow yourself to be by the Spirit right now? Can you see your hands? You're going. I will invite three of you who are moved right now to pray for this process. We kneel down, we pray, and you see how spiritual, uh, you know, atmosphere in the church is just to go to the next level. And we are not alone anymore. If you have that, and I'm telling you, if you have a small church, it's even going to be better effect, 100%, because you're vulnerable right now. The results is is expo- expose you, and you can only put yourself in the Lord's hands, and you're safe there, and then God can do many things out of it. Yeah,
0: so you don't want to, what I'm hearing, you don't want to do this without inviting God to lead in the process every step you of the way.
2: Slides,
0: yeah. So you, you guys have already had your first question, so I'm gonna to come to these guys first, and I'm coming right back. Yeah, all right, so, so Dean? No, no, I know these guys, I know these guys. I've got a multicultural
4: church, actually. let me just, oh, okay. I've got a church that has uh, about 40% Hispanic and about 60% Anglo, and they some of them speak Spanish, some of them don't, and so it's a challenge because I actually have two groups and the anglos say well let the spanish go out and do all the outreach they they got more energy they're more interested we anglos we just like to vegetate I'm trying to think of a nice word <laughs> recline <laughs> recline yes they're they're learning to recline so how, you know the challenge is having both the groups work together because at times they're at each other's they're at each other you know because the anglos are saying well they're just making us feel lazy and the hispanics say well they are lazy and so <laughs> so they go back and forth but how do i get the, the whole church working together on this kind of thing
3: sure, I can. there's a question on the survey that will indicate whether how big of an issue that is and um I, I did this survey uh, in Toronto. I was debriefing a survey there with a, a church. And it's, I know of others who have, I know of members who have bitterness toward one another. Is that the question? Something like that? Yeah. And if there's been a bitterness that's developed over this, that question will be in your bottom 10, which will give you an opportunity to talk about it. What I didn't want to do is assume that I knew why, coming from the outside, that I knew why that was happening. So that's where the poster note was still important to, to ask why do you think this question scored low for us? And that gives them a chance to voice what's going on. Um, it brings it to the surface, you may need some outside help to heal that, but I think in the survey will bring out how big of an issue this is. And it may surprise you, I mean, there may be other things that are even a bigger deal, but, but that would give some focus to it. Yeah, yeah, it brings it to the surface.
2: There's also a question on trust uh, that also is going to show and that will engage most probably in your church, that will be one of the lowest, right, lowest questions. So we're addressing that with the coach's help. You can engage church in meaningful conversation and the strategy, implementation implementation team will come with the strategy how now to improve this. Uh, What I start doing is some churches with obvious problems. I'm not asking them about the problem. The minimum scored question, we give them the problem, Mm -hmm. but I ask them how to improve. I, I make this positive experience. Just write down how to improve this. So I'm telling them, this is telling us we don't trust each other. How can we start trusting each other? And write down solutions. So that's why you need a coach that's going to help you what is the best approach to it.
0: Okay, so I've already seen several hands go up. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna have you all state your question as best we can. I'm just gonna pass the mic and see if we can answer all of these questions. So we're gonna start with this gentleman here first try to remember, pastor tom if you can remember this question the first question you, you want to give a response it's a response to the question okay it's a cultural difference it's a it's a cultural disconnect right
4: Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm the secretary of my conference. Mm-hmm. I'm Hispanic, but I've grown and I've seen both cultures. It's
0: so hard when it comes to cultural situations to keep them together. Mm-hmm. We want them to grow. Because this, this trouble will always continue. Mm-hmm. Because one wants to move and the other will not want to move the way this one is moving. Right, right, yep, yep. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, it it would be much easier to begin to see both of them growing. And so, so, so Dean, uh, to his point, that's the beauty of NCD because everybody gets an equal vote. Whereas one person may be very vocal, they speak out, and then everybody thinks that, that person is, has the control of the church and may lead a certain direction. But if that question doesn't come up, uh, these questions that were mentioned do not come up in the bottom 10 then it's not the issue. one of the issues you need to focus on first. It could be an issue you focus on second. Anyway, so I, I want to see if I can hear the questions first. Uh, Pastor Tom, if you can hear the, this question. Uh, yes, sir. I, I don't know if it's short, but basically
3: um, my church has experienced significant growth and all these you know, positives and stuff like that in the last five years.
0: How can NCD help me? Take it to the next level. Yeah. Okay. That's for Pastor Tom. And uh, I think I'm going to go here. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, in terms of my church, we've had conflict, kind of stagnant. What would be the best way this to one. introduce that uh, conflict? Okay, stagnant church. Best way to introduce NCD. And Melvin. Th- this presentation is being recorded right now. Yes. Uh S- Stuart. Well just that I took a class with, with Peter and, and and another guy, but it was really also pushing the, the the other steps, the blue and the green and the red and all that other step. Yeah. yeah. How how important is that stuff? Okay, so that sounds like a Yaakov question. But yes. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna uh and then we're gonna come back to you, sir. Okay, so we're gonna start with Pastor Tom for
3: the answers. Okay, <clears throat> the goal is to get to above 65 in all eight categories, and then your church kind of kicks in with automatic growth. That's what's supposed to happen, but the reality is you have a spiritual and stewardship responsibility when you're that healthy, and that is to pass that DNA onto a daughter church. So that's how I'd
1: respond. the stagnant one, uh, Tom, you have a, uh, if you could add this to the list, you have one that uh, when churches are opposed, you answer some of those questions, so if you're, is that what you're worried about? Like introduce the NCD and the church is being opposed to it? Is it or, is, or, or are you trying to, or just a, a church, those no interests, no interest. no interest. so to wake them up. Uh, I, I, would, I would just introduce them to this idea and sell them on the idea of a vision of them being unified and overcoming, paint, start painting that picture and helping them to realize that this is a tool that can help us start out. And then in there, it will bring up the conflict, and then you can also have the post-it note, uh, the affinity exercise, where you actually get to the bottom of reason why, right? Or maybe you get the results, and uh, your lowest factor is need-oriented evangelism, and you're gonna focus in on there. But it will start getting the church moving and going, and it actually breaks up stagnation. It's a great tool for that. So pitch this idea to them, show it to them, uh, a church that's conflict that uh, uh, that's, that's high, highly com- highly uh, high in conflict, uh, be prepared for some pushback. But uh, Tom's going to include that presentation I ask as well. A yeah. um, okay. Thank you. So I'm just wondering
3: um, if your church um, do do they are they able to retain new people that show up at church, or you know do do people just leave? Oh, okay. So one of the things, you know, again, it's a matter of motivation. Um, I mentioned to them that this tool will help us figure out how we can retain new people who join our church. Um, And I found that most Adventists get pretty excited about that because we put a lot of money into evangelism only to see people leave, and if they realize that church health is often the issue that causes people to leave, it's not usually our doctrines. And this tool will help us become healthy so we can become a sticky church and people will stay that usually is enough motivation for people to say, yep, um, we're willing to sign up.
0: Okay, and Uh, the the advanced question.
2: If I can just uh, briefly respond to this one. Uh, I had some churches with this. Pastor would invite me to come and try to help them. I would preach a sermon on healthy for the harvest. And you have many good scriptural. It's it's biblically biblical base. You need to be healthy for the harvest because the church needs to be healthy. Jesus is coming soon from that perspective then challenge the church simply challenge. This is one way. So the question that I need to respond to three colors. Usually what we do when we have a ch- church co- uh, coaches of, for NCD track, we go deeper into theology of, of NCD, because that theology is very important, especially if you have healthy church, uh, because if you get 65 and above, you're automatically re- releasing uh, this multiplication potential. And there is a different way to score that, the 24 teams and you can get, where is your church in multiplication or consciousness of God and prayer. There's so many good things there. So that's why you need coach who has better understanding. I will never go with the church just to do the survey, deep explaining what is NCD. I go into Mark 429 all by itself, defining what is biblical concept behind a natural growth, but go into into Trinitarian into Compass, uh, three colors in ministry, uh, that is a little bit heavier, it's good, but this is something for a smaller group if, if pastors would like to learn more about the concept of growing by itself and how NCD can be used for different things in the church. There is a even NCD survey to do, to survey schools or to survey conference offices. We did it in our office in Ontario. We, there's so many good things in NCD, but you as a coach you need to be smart and to make it simple make it simple and workable. If you overload them with in teary information, you're not going to accomplish much.
0: At least that's my experience. You can share Tom yours or
2: Buster. Perfect. Uh, uh, so, sir,
0: thank you very much. If you want to go deeper, um, Pastor Stuart Lozinski, uh, please talk with Yaakov. He's an expert in this area. So we're going to take us home with one last question.
1: So uh, every time I've done it, we have uh, pre-approved from the board an uh, implementation team. Uh, and anyone who's wanting to know the results, they can come to me, as the pastor, and I'll share that with them. Most people are, you know, uh, I can, you can share in a business meeting or something like that, but most, most churches, they're like, oh, we took it? Oh, this is what we this is what we received? Uh, I've never, I haven't had churches that, that really score. Well, there's one church where we had a, a lower score, but most my churches have had higher scores, so therefore they've been like okay, this is what we're planning on implementing and that's what, that's what we reveal and I haven't had any pushback on doing that. Um, I'll let Yakov.
2: For the first time, we always make sure that, that there is a implementation team before, selected, before, yes. the board to select the group who's going to participate, not you, the board to select, let the clerk, as Tom said, let the clerk lead that and manage this and then you, you want results first to go to the, to the leadership team and sometimes the way how you represent, for example, if there is a lawyer's court question in empowering leadership or the pastor questions, I will not address that with the church. I will address leadership team with just the leaders. So that's where you coach to give you a strategy, and then you go to the church. And as I said, uh, you want to make this positive experience. I start more doing asking them now how to improve minimum scored questions. And, and I found that more, more helpful because they are focused on positives. And uh, but we Tom mentioned affinity exercise. You use young people. Uh, like they are sitting like this, and, and you show them minimum factor. And I said, This is the question. How can we improve? And they write post-it notes. Young people go collect, bring back whiteboard, and they collect and group them, as Tom mentioned. They group them and they ask them, You read. And the young people are reading and Parents, grandparents are listening, and they are telling us, oh, this is the largest group. This is our main problem. I'm not telling Young people are reading to them. I found that very effective because young people are out there, and they they love this. They collect. They're easy. They're quick to do it. group them, and they report to the church. So I found that the most effective in the processing in the end.
0: All right. So I would like for you to uh, stand as we have prayer. And maybe you want to put your hands out to the Lord, just receive His blessings, because I I know that God wants to uh, bless our churches, but we need to be prepared to receive His blessings. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we are so thankful that we serve a a God of love, a God of grace, uh, because we're not perfect. Neither are our churches. Uh, We're not perfect leaders, but we know that you desire us to have abundant lives and abundant churches. So we, we pray that you would bless us and we would receive your blessings. Lord, uh, here we have so many churches represented, and uh, some of us multi-church districts and such. We want to ask that your Holy Spirit would pour into us and pour out of us what you are wanting to do, what you're wanting to accomplish based upon what we're talking about, the subject of having a healthy church. Um, so we pray that you would bless us as we go back to our districts to implement what what we're learning. In Jesus' name, amen.